now and then, we get to a place in life where we realize that no matter how strong, how fast, how agile, how good, how healthy, how wealthy, or how smart we are, we get to a place where we recognize that there are some things we cannot do for ourselves. God is an intentional God in that he allows us to come up on some situations, places, and people that are meant for us to see that it's only by his mighty hand and power, it is only by the power of Yahweh and Jehovah God that we overcome the impossible. It's the last Sunday of 2023, and so many didn't live to see today. And if we're being honest, many of us maybe that are even here didn't think we would make it to December 31st. Yet here we are on the cusp of a hopeful new year. And even if this were to be the last Sunday in written in the story of our lives, all of us should have the testimony and the scream and the shout that if it had not been for the Lord. If it had not been for the Lord, my mom maybe would not have been here. If, if it had not been for the Lord, my dad would not have been here. If it had not been for the Lord, my kids would not have been here. If it had not been for the Lord, I would have checked out a, a long time ago. I would have been on the streets. I would have lost my mind. I would have cursed somebody out. If it had not been for the Lord, I would have walked out from this place and this space a long time ago. I would have been a drunk. I would have been strung out on drugs. I would have given up and given in. You fill in the blank. If it had not been for the Lord, I would not have been here right now. Uh, and if you're struggling to find your own testimony, let me share with you some of my own testimony right now. If, if it had not been for the Lord, I'm telling you, I would not have been born into this world. If it had not been for the Lord, I would not have grown up with my grandparents, if it had not been for the Lord, I would not have survived a dysfunctional and, and broken family and household. If it had not been for the Lord, I would not have survived the heartbreak of losing a grandfather, losing a father, and losing both my grandmothers. If it had not been for the Lord, I would not have had my daughter here with me today. If it had not been for the Lord, I would not have had my wife here with me today. If it had not been for the Lord, I would not have been a preacher here today. You guys not hearing me. If it had not been for the Lord, I wouldn't have had what I had today. If it had not been for the Lord, I would not have been alive today. So all of us, all of us, even though we've been through some things in life, even though this year might have presented some challenges, and even though this year might have presented some woes, all of us ought to have the testimony this morning, if it had not been for the Lord. I hope some of you are, are waking up. All of these experiences was God bringing me church, not simply 
to a place to show me how big he was. And I need for this statement to settle into your spirit because oftentimes we have this view of God that he brings us to places simply to show us how big he is. God isn't an egotistical God that he needs to always put us in places to stroke his ego and for us to have this view of him. God knows who he is. But God brings us into these spaces and God brings us to these moments and he brings us to to these experiences, not necessarily for us simply to see how big he is, but for us to recognize how big we can be if we rest in him and we trust in him. So it's not just about God showing us how big he is, it's, it's him showing us how big we can be if we trust and we rest in him. Every now and then, he has to bring us to a place to teach us that we need to let go and let God. Could you look to the person next to you and just just whisper in the air, let go and let God. Now look to the person on the other side of you and and share with them. Say, Say this, say let go and let God. Now that was you preaching to somebody else. Now I want you to take your hand and place it on your chest and I want you to declare this on yourself. Just say to yourself, let go and let God. Because you see, it's easy for me to say that to somebody else, but it's difficult, it's more difficult for me to declare, Patterson, there are some things that you need to let go and let God. It's more difficult when Barry has to say to himself, Barry, you need to let go and let God. It's easy for me to preach it to somebody else, but it's more difficult for me to preach it to myself. And we get to a space, we get to a place in life where God is trying to teach us what it means to let go and let God. A few weeks ago, we started in the series, Walk by Faith, and we've been going through the book of Hebrews, particularly chapter number 11. And I'll have you know I'm almost done, by the way. And so we get our place, we get our, and find our space in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, verses 28 through 31. And I want to do this really quickly. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 28 through 31. I want to read this from the New Living Translation, and then I'll just list some things that I believe is so pertinent to these texts and these experiences that the Hebrew writer shares to his audience. That's Hebrews 11, verses 28 through 31. Let go and let God. It was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and to sprinkle the blood on the doorposts so that the angel of death would not kill their firstborns. Verse 29, it was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground, but when the Egyptians tried to follow, they all drowned in the sea. Verse 30, it was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days and the walls came crashing down. And then in verse number 31, it was by faith that Rahab, the harlot, the prostitute, was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God for she had given a friendly welcome to the spies of Israel. 
at first glance, you would tend to believe that these are just random uh, events that maybe the, the author is just throwing in there. But then, if you look a little bit closer, you'll recognize that all four of these verses, all four of these experiences, all four of these historical stops in the way for Israel uh, actually has a common thread that runs through each one of these. So these aren't as random as we my belief. But I want you to keep in mind, God is trying to help his audience. He's trying to help his people to learn to let go and let God. Church, there are four things from these verses that I want to pull out really quickly for us in the hopes that this would bless us, uh, not only uh, on the 31st of December, but that this would bless us uh, in a continual way as long as God continues to place breath in our bodies. The first thing I want us to see from these verses, here are four reasons why we should let go and let God. Number one, only Jehovah can offer true deliverance. Only Jehovah can offer true deliverance deliverance. That's the first verse. And here's the interesting thing about deliverance is we, we need to be careful with deliverance because here it is, I, I want us to understand that deliverance does not always connote discipleship. God will deliver you in a way that only God could deliver you. But it's up to us whether we decide to be disciples of him and be discipled by him. God will do his part, but there comes a point where we have to do ours. And so God could deliver you from your circumstance. God could deliver you from your situation, but his deliverance does not equate to one's discipleship. I heard one preacher put it this way. Uh, deliverance is God taking the children of Israel out of Egypt. But discipleship, or a lack thereof, is what kept them in the wilderness. So God could take us up out of our Egypts. But if we're not careful to allow the Holy Spirit to disciple us and allow ourselves to be discipled by God, God could take us out of our circumstance, but it doesn't mean that the circumstance has come out of us. God is looking for transformation. He isn't just looking for a part-time preacher. He isn't looking for a part-time son. He isn't looking for a part-time daughter. He isn't looking for a part-time Christian. He is looking for people who are disciples indeed. We, we, we've developed the, 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 pattern, the pattern thinking and the pattern theology and the pattern uh, 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 way of life of being good on holy days and being good on certain days. But the rest of the days of the week, we could find ourselves stumbling and falling. And there is grace for that. But God is calling us not simply to come out of the world when he, when he, when he saves us, but he's saying we need to be different from the world. So only Jehovah can offer true deliverance and so we need to trust in the way of God trust in the word of God trust in the work and trust in the will of almighty God there is a difference church between God's deliverance and us being disciples number two only God can open doors for you and me when there seems to be nowhere to go through Think about what's going on when the children of Israel uh, uh, have a Red Sea in front of them and, and the army of, of Egypt behind them. Uh, about three years ago, a little over three years ago, I, I think I preached my very first sermon here at Antioch and I entitled that sermon Between a Rock and a Hard Place. And I need for us to understand that that, that, that idea or that terminology is, 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 a, is, is really a picture of being stuck in place. 
Anybody here ever felt stuck in place before? Anybody ever felt like if there was nowhere forward and nowhere backward because the truth is where you were at, you, you felt like this is where you were going to be for the rest of your existence while you were here on this earth. Some of us, if not all of us, have been in a stuck place between a rock and a hard place before. But guess what? When, when you learn to let go and let God, you, you learn to stop kicking against the goals. You learn to stop making a mess of things and allow God to navigate and open doors for you, the, the likes of which you couldn't open for yourself. Do you not know that, that there are things that only God could do that you and I can't? Do you not know that there are, there are only pathways that God could open that you and I can't? Do you not know that there are, there are, there are, there are paths that God has to be the one to open up for us? That there, there, no, no amount of ingenuity, no amount of smart, no amount of wealth that we might have, no amount of energy that we might put into it is able to open up that thing. It takes God to do that. And so it tells us that only God can open doors for you when there seems like there's no way to go. But here's the third thing, and I'm almost on. Only Yahweh can break down barriers that are too great for human hands to pull down. Every single time I think about me trying to do things, me trying to change people. You ever try to change somebody? Uh, maybe it's just me. Let me confess to you some things. And I'm not just confessing this facetiously, but I, I, I'm confessing in, in a real, I'm trying to be as humble and as open and as genuine and sincere with this as I can be. I, I, as, as, as a spouse, there are times when I feel like uh, I have to try and, and, and mold my wife into the type of wife that I want her to be. Uh-oh. <laughs> you, you see how that works, right? And vice versa, your, your, your wife has a spouse and, and oftentimes we're trying to mold each other into the type of people that we want each other to be. And I want you to understand this. I, I, it took me some time to learn this. I do not have the capacity to change anybody. So the friends that we have, that you, you like to hang out with, but there's the, there are these characteristic traits that you don't really like, but you, you try to get them to change because if you get them to change, like you like better time with them, blah, blah, blah. You know how we do it, the boyfriend that you have, that you, you, you clearly, he, he has clearly shown you who he is in this moment, and you're thinking, well, no, 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 I could change him. Listen, I'll have us to know there is, there is nothing that we could do that could change somebody. That, that's, that's, a, that's a work of the Holy Spirit. That's a, that's a work of God. We might have some influence, but do not mistake your influence as a means of power or ability to change somebody else's heart. You guys looking at me like I'm saying something crazy. But the truth is, Yahweh has the capacity to break down barriers and to pull down walls, the likes of which human hands do not have the capacity to break down. So when they were walking around the wall, the Jericho seven times, it was an indication that human hands couldn't break this. It, it was a matter of strategy. If we had to strategize this thing, we would have come up with a different strategy. But Yahweh said, I just need for you to trust me. 
I just need for you to walk. I, I just need for you to do what I say for you to do, and I will be the one to pull down the walls. You guys missing it. Uh, we, we can change a drunkard from being a drunkard, but if we walk the way Yahweh told us to walk, if, if we talk the way Yahweh told us to talk, if, if we loved the way Yahweh teaches us to love, we can help somebody change from where they are. So we can't change a person, but we could surely influence them to do better. So why do I need to let go and let God? Because only Yahweh can break down barriers that are too great for human hands. And as I close, before I take my seat, let me give you this last one, number four. Why should I let go and let God? Number four, only the Lord of hosts can protect you in the midst of your adversary. Now, this is unique and this is interesting because not only does he protect you in the midst of adversity, but he protects you and provides for you in the midst of your adversary. You could be in the midst of your adversary and not be going through adversity. You could be on the job and you're doing well. You're not necessarily having any adversity going on on the job, but it does not mean that you don't have some opponents on the job. So you could be blessed in the midst of your adversary, even though there is no adversity going on. And if there is no adversity going on, it does not mean that you do not have adversaries all around you. So God protects us in our adversity. But even beyond that, he protects us and he provides for us in the middle of our, or the midst of our adversaries. David put it like this, if, 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 if you didn't catch that yet. David said, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. There are several ways to look at that, but let me share with you this. In other words, while your enemies are present in the space, your enemies are the ones that provide the means by which the table is set for you, their enemy, to sit down and eat. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. They want to kick you out, but there is nothing that they could do about it. They wish that you would drop down and die, but that's not left up to them. They wish that somebody would cut your pay, but that's not up to them. They wish that you would get reprimanded, but that's not up to them. They wish that your car would crash, but that's not up to them. They wish you all the evil and negativity in the world, but for all the wishing, God says, I will bless. He prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. So why do I need to let go and let God? Because only God could do for me what I cannot do for myself. So can I be done as I share this last thought with you? I said earlier that there is a common denominator and a common thread that runs all throughout these four verses. And the common denominator and the common thread in all of, of these four verses and, and experiences is this. It is submission 
to the word, work, will, and way of Almighty God. We have to learn what it means to let go and let God. Can I give you this illustration, Thomas? You're, you're, you're up. Can I leave this illustration with you? When, when I was a little boy, I've always had the experience, and maybe if you've ever seen a fruit tree and had to climb fruit trees, maybe you know about this. So I, I, I might be talking uh, to some people who know about this, and I might be talking to some, some, some city slicker kids that have never experienced climbing a, a fruit tree before. But either way, I hope, I hope this illustration falls in your heart and settles in your spirit. Uh, my, my grandmother always used to say, Thomas, don't go anywhere, you're up next. My, my grandmother always used to say, be careful because the sweetest fruit is always at the highest point. It always works out that way. So we had a plum tree in the backyard, and if you know anything about plum trees, they really don't have strong branches. But in this one season, I remember there was a cluster of plums. Say plums. There was a cluster of plums high up, and I, I, could, I, could, I could see the tree right now, so you had to go all the way up and to the right. And so I climbed up the tree, and I'm hearing my grandmother screaming to the top of her lungs, be careful, be careful, be careful. I'm like, uh, I, whatever. <laughs> so she's making her way back. I didn't know she was walking back to, to, to just make sure I was all right. But I'm, I'm climbing up, up and to the right. And as I get up and to the right, I see the perfect cluster of plums. But there's a problem because I'm holding on to the branch with my right hand, and I'm trying to reach the cluster of plums with my left hand. And some of you that are, that are more inclined and have an engineering mind, some of you are saying, oh, why didn't he just make some type of contraption to where he could have gotten some kind of stick uh, and do something? Well, I, I, didn't, I, I was too young to be thinking that way. I'm just thinking, I need to get these plums. And so I'm holding on to the branch or to the tree with my right hand, and I'm trying to reach the plums with my left. But my grandmother makes her way to where I was. And she realizes that I, I'm, just, I'm right here from, I'm, I'm, I'm a fingertip away from grabbing these plums. And so what she says to me, it baffled me way after, but it made sense in the moment. She said, if you want to grab those plums, you have to first let go of the branch. She said, the only way that you could reach those plums is by letting go of the branch. But in order to let go of the branch, you have to trust that the weight of the branch you're standing on will hold your weight. Somebody's missing this. And I'm telling you, when she said it, what I heard was let go. So I let go, and I was able to grab the plums, and I had enough time to come back and grab the tree. <laughs> letting go and letting God doesn't mean that you let go of God. It means that there's a level of trust that you put in him in order to achieve the task at hand. The plum is there. The path is there. The wall is there. 
But we have to learn sometimes to let go and stand with God. <laughs> we got to learn to let go of unforgiveness. We got to learn to let go of indifference. We got to learn to let go of past pain and past hurt. You, you understand this? We, we have to let go of ourselves. We have to let go and, and let God. And that's the only way that we can achieve what God wants for us to achieve. That's the only way we will have true transformation by letting go. And let, say, repeat after me, let go. Come on, preach this with me. I'm done. Say, let go. Let's say, let go. Say, let go. Say, let go. Come on, one more time. Say, let go. And let God. Let go. And let God. I pray that God blesses us. I pray that God magnifies us. I pray that his Holy Spirit engulfs us and takes us over. And we become the likes of which we have never yet experienced or seen. All because we have truly learned, Kim, to let go and let God. May you stand as together we sing our song.